A chick's home is a coop. It's Think Outside the Box set. The internet's <laughs> only outrage machine. And that wasn't even a joke. I'm Nat Hunt, and that's Cameron Dewey. It's me. Oh, won't you take me home tonight? Dixie Chicks. Dixie Chicks. Make the country world go round. Um, Literally. This is their... Mm, what episode is this? Number six, five? I forget. Uh, I think we're. Six, I think. This I think their, this is five. Uh, this is their third major label. No, 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 album. six. Yeah. You're this absolutely is the first right. post 9 11 statement from the chicks. Absolutely. And I believe I read that in the promotion for this album is when Natalie Maines uh, roasted George W. Bush a little bit. <laughs> the most mild stage. of roasts. Yeah. Yeah. What? What is. Let's read the text. Okay. What is what is so, she actually? So say? just to, to back up, a or step. or play the audio because it's oh. uh, there's a video of it, right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it's got to be somewhere, right? Um, so just I, I'm sure we've like alluded to this or probably talked about it already up to this point, but at one point in 2003, um, when we were right about to uh, illegally invade a sovereign country uh, for bad reasons and lies, um, the Dixie Chicks were up on stage in. Um, London, and the lead vocalist said, just so you know, we're on the good side with y'all. We do not want this war, this violence, and we're ashamed that the president of the United States is from Texas. Um, and he's only kind of, he's more like a troglodyte spawn of the wealthy privileged class from <laughs> Kennebunkport, Maine. Um, oh my God. Yeah, and apparently, according to Wikipedia. I've never heard the adjective troglodytic before. <laughs> That's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, after she made that comment, Wikipedia says another band member, I'm not sure who that would be, stepped forward on the stage and added, but you know we're behind the troops 100%. And the second no! comment was not widely reported. <laughs> and I would argue is kind of, well, didn't help and is kind of misguided. I don't know. Yeah, like, you, you can only say that if you're just like, if you're saying like these these uh, young people are being sent to fight a pointless war and exactly. like yeah like you have to couch that statement as mm-hmm. like yeah it's it's difficult to talk about supporting individuals who happen to be troops um, mm-hmm. who were you know sort of a fed fed a raw deal right so the best way to support the troops is make it so people don't have to be troops. Maybe you could say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, give people education and, you know, make it so they don't have to yeah. put their lives in danger for imperialism in order to survive. Um, unless they don't survive. Um, yeah. Yeah, so apparently, well, according to Guardian journalist Betty Clark, the Dixie Chicks were already controversial among the American country establishment which disapproved of their feisty songs, their provocative style, or the fact that they were selling huge numbers of progressive bluegrass records to pop kids. I don't know if I'd call much yeah. of what they do progressive bluegrass. Um, sometimes no. they have a little I, tinge of that, maybe. I mean, it's all not fucking Blue, Mon- uh, Blue Bill Monroe. <laughs> Blue Monroe. Uh, it's not Bill Monroe. Right. Blue Monroe. Um, I don't know. It, it's... I mean, it's pop. It's pop music. You it's know? pop music. But they're like... I mean, this is the most yeah. bluegrassy uh, they've gotten since they went major label, though. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. So. There, and mm-hmm. it, it is nice to hear some of the bluegrass moments mm-hmm. uh, in this album and to know that so many people listen to that. Yeah. Because there's, there's some really good playing in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. How many albums? How many do this sell? Uh, let's see. United States. Some it's, sort of precious metal or stone. It? Yeah, it's gone six times platinum in the United States. Pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyhow. <laughs> so I, there, I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even thought about doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, so there, there, we'll, there, we'll see. Uh, Tall Poppy String Band's debut <laughs> album comes out uh, on uh, July 29th. Yeah, so yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we'll get some sort of precious metal. We're not going to. Yeah, you should uh, uh, court the controversy. We went wood. <laughs> I mean, for some people, that happens every morning. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, yeah, it was this whole. It was this whole kerfuffle. Um, so at one point, Natalie Maines like issued an apology, uh, which. I'm pretty sure it was probably pretty clear to everyone that it was not really her heart was in it. Um, it was like a PR kind of situation. Oh, yeah. And then in 2006, she rescinded the apology, saying she felt Bush deserved no respect. I'm doing the, Rod- the Rodney Dangerfield uh, collar. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like one of, the, one of those actual examples of counterculture. Or, sorry, cancel culture. It yeah. turns out uh, it's not a bunch of marginalized people. Uh, criticizing you on Twitter in in like not even very harsh language. Turns out that's not cancel culture. It's people in power and the systems of power uh, destroying your career. <laughs> Who knew? As Jordan Peterson would say, up yours, woke moralists. We'll see who cancels who. <laughs> it's the Dixie Chicks. That's who's going to be canceled. Yep. And they were. Their career we was like know that. totally destroyed. They were blacklisted from most country radio stations. Um, there was a lot of really ugly stuff that happened. Um, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, here we go. This is a fun little paragraph from Wikipedia. I'll read part of. Uh, WTDR FM in Talladega, Alabama, dropped the Dixie Chicks after more than 250 listeners called on a single day to criticize Means' comments. Jim Jacobs, president of Jacobs Broadcast Group, which includes WTDR, described emotional callers describing family members in the American Armed Forces. The Dixie Chicks manager, Simon Renshaw, noted that, by contrast, the stations continued to play the music of Tracy Lawrence, who had been con- convicted of spousal abuse in 1998. So, yep. yeah, <clears throat> great. Um, yeah, the, I mean, that's not even subtle. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, it, it is really interesting, like, to think about, yeah, 9-11 as this dividing line. Um, because... Yeah, country music, just like, as far as I understand it, wasn't particularly jingoistic until after 9-11. And, like, Southern or Appalachian culture wasn't um, depicted. No one was trying to make this case that it was sort of a monolithic culture. Maybe there were some stereotypes about the South being backwards that were hypocritical and stuff like that. But, like, I feel like that really that really the identity politics uh there mm-hmm. changed quite a bit um and, but yeah like uh i 
and and it still kind of exists to this day. Like I was recently um, interviewed by Country Queer for Tall mm-hmm. Poppy's album coming out, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they asked me this question: um, dabbling in traditional music as you do. First of all, dabbling, all right? <laughs> Fine. Dabbling? <laughs> a little microaggression there. Yeah, they said that. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Christopher, you if you're listening, you. thank you so much for having us on your publication. But seriously, what you're the such hell? a dilettante, Cameron. Um, you're just dabbling yeah. by making your living off of this thing for the past, what, six? Yeah. At least? No, seven, eight years. If you now? could call it that. Yeah. If you can call um, it living. Uh, he says, dabbling in traditional music as you do, I imagine you bump up against old ideals that don't jibe with progressive thinking fairly often. Are there other examples of how you've made peace with this individually or as a unit, meaning as our band? Oh boy, there's a lot of and, assumptions um, in that question. Right. I I said, as a dabbler in old time, uh, <laughs> I resist the idea that old ideals aren't progressive. Lots of old time music is critical of the criminal justice inst- uh, system, for instance. Police come, didn't want to go, shot him in the head with my 44 this morning. Uh, murder ballads were usually intended to expose, condemn, and warn folks about misogynistic violence, not condone it. Um, my race is run beneath the sun. The devil's waiting for me, for I did murder that dear little girl whose name was Rose Connolly. Uh, and uh, and then I mentioned like the tune John Brown's Dream, which is about um, the most violent abolitionist uh, in our country. American our hero, John history. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's and there's also like this like long, long, long history of uh, old time country ballads, um, traditional songs about how uh, sol- soldiering uh, ruins lives and communities and romance, and how it's like kind of like what. Uh, uh, other than like unwanted pregnancy, uh, how it's like kind of like the the number the number one um, ru- ruiner of uh, of love stories, mm-hmm. most likely thing to turn something tragic. It's like someone getting sent to war. Right. Um, it's like a part. It's like a part of the folk music tradition mm-hmm. is saying like, it, and it's not even making a political statement. Um, which they did, you know, specifically, but like usually it, it doesn't say and fuck this president or that leader or whatever. <laughs> Though sometimes but usually it does. it's just like it's sometimes, yeah, but yeah. like on an individual level, it's part of the DNA of like this music, which is just saying like everything's fucked because of this war that's going on and mm-hmm. like our lives are being upended. Um, so it, yeah, it's just such a like. I, I think it's it's so telling that like after nine eleven, like the way that those attitudes changed. Um mm-hmm. yeah, totally. yeah, especially like you know, criticizing one of the most um uh disrespectable <laughs> uh presidents like since Nixon, you know. Yeah, one of the ones probably that- the most disrespectful uh, yeah. respectable president since Nixon. No one should respect um, him in any way or treat him with any respect and he should have been in prison for all of his life. Yeah, like even on a neoliberal like identity politics level, 
there yeah. should have been like people who were just like, what the fuck is up with this president? Mm-hmm. Who like had there should have been people with bad values who were just like, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> who is the leader of our country? Yeah. Anyway. Um, um, yeah. So after that, the uh, there was an anti anti Dixie Chicks concert held in a neighboring town uh, at, at, around one of their shows. There were a bunch of death threats, so they had to install metal detectors at the Dixie Chicks shows. Uh, uh, they had to get ex- escorted by police so- a few times. They had to wow. uh, install security in their homes. People were dumping trash outside their homes. There's, here's a charming paragraph from Wikipedia. On May 21st, at the Academy of Country Music Awards ceremony in Las Vegas, the Dixie Chicks nomination for Entertainer of the Year was announced to booze. The award was given to Toby Keith, who had displayed a doctored photo of Maine's and Iraqi President Saddam Hussein at his concerts. So that's great. Let's reward the... What's the picture of them doing? I think... Well, great question. I don't know. Um, let, me, let me see if I can find it. Uh, Toby Keith... Fucking Toby Keith. What an awful person. Yeah, Toby Keith is, uh, had some really awful bad songs. Um, and, and very clearly just sort of like cynically like uh, opportunistic about jingoistic identity mm-hmm. politics. Oh, absolutely. Um, Bandwagon. Just like right. so clearly. <clears throat> huh. So I don't know if this is the one he displayed, but um, here is a, a doctored uh, album cover. Um, it's called it says introducing the Dixie duo Saddam Hussein former dictator of Iraq and Natalie Maines formerly with the Dixie Chicks and it's called songs of peace and love and the price has been marked down to free so okay okay. Um, I mean all right (laughs) Um, did you you put it in the I did yeah we'll link to it okay this is (laughs) wow it's not, this is like this is meme. Good. This is meme culture from the early two thousands. Yeah, like it's like not even close. I, to I being long good for or this. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like 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 this is quaint. This is funny. <laughs> like I, I like this is quaint. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think as of twenty fifteen, they were like still blacklisted from a lot of radio stations. Um. Yeah, people like, I think like seventy percent of people said they would have returned the Dixie Chicks CDs if they could, like having bought them, like they could just take them back. Um, wow. Yeah, it was really rough and really, really huge and really dumb. And I mean, obviously, the gender is like a huge part of it. I think. I think it's pretty telling that yeah. they were already controversial, probably for songs like "Goodbye Earl," um, which, you know. Uh, um, but yeah, country music hey, went um, totally off the deep end around this time. I I just I just looked up. I was like, does this band exist? Uh-huh. The Union Boys. The Union Boys. Okay. Like yeah, an anti Dixie Chicks. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And apparently, the Union Boys was a one off band put together for a session in March 1944. Here, here's who's in it. There's a few wild cards in here. Oh boy. Alan Lomax. Whoa. Brownie McGee. I don't know that one. I don't know who that is. Um, Pete Seeger. Okay. 
a bunch of other names that I don't recognize. But then here's here's the wild card: Burl Ives. Burl Ives. I guess he was like yeah. kind of folky, sort of, right? <laughs> I guess he was kind of like in the broad folk, like quote unquote folk music, like boomer folk. Wasn't he in the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer movie? Yeah, I believe that's him. Yep. <laughs> Silver and gold. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Anyhow, so that that uh, happened through the Turing. A this dark album. time in our history. Dark time. Um, there's a great. I think we've mentioned this before, but there is a great episode of You're Wrong About. There's like a three parter or two parter about like cancel culture, and they delve deep into this as like an actual example of counter uh, cancel culture. Um, yeah. Uh, so that happened during the tour for this album, specifically when they're in- introducing one of these songs, which we'll get to teaser. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's. Uh, well, we should get to songs, yeah. maybe. You want to talk about "Long Time Gone"? Long time gone. There we go. So a lot more like bluegrass instrument- instrumentation than some of their previous, like the last two major labor, yeah. labor albums. And the affectation of the writing of the music is very pop, pop country, pop bluegrass. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, I like the sound pretty well, except there is one of the guitars. I think it is probably a what is called often a dobro, which is like an acoustic slide guitar. It's being recorded through a really bad-sounding piezo pickup, um, and it really stood out to me. Uh, Cameron apparently like didn't bother them too much, but um, it like jumps in at, at the beginning of the song. So here's a sound sample of it coming in. You're right. That is very piezo-y. Yeah, it sounds pretty rough to my ears. Um, I'm not really interested in hearing a piezo pickup unless it's in Latine pop music. Yeah. Uh, when it's like actually being used as like a an aesthetic choice. Mm-hmm. This that sound is like dobro is such a rich sound. It it's like is. you really you really want a condenser mic or a ribbon mic or something on that so you can capture mm-hmm. what is happening. Yep. There's so many sounds. Like there's the the notes themselves, and then there's all the space between the notes, mm-hmm. and then there is like the pick sound, the sound of the uh, slide on the steel strings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so many frequencies, and uh, maybe you have to, con- you know, um, compress them a little bit and fit them into a mix. But like, you don't have to use a piezo. <laughs> like, no. what are you doing? <laughs> like you're the fucking Dixie Chicks. Yeah, and. Um- it's Lloyd Maines playing it, looks like, from the, the credits. And he's had such good, like, playing on previous The Chicks albums. And they were they were recorded really well. And, like, he sounded so good um, when he was playing, like, yeah. the acoustic slide guitar. So I don't... It was the only time on this album that I heard them using that kind of sound. Which makes me think that maybe it was intentional, but I can't fathom the intention. And I think it is bad. And they shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, what do you think about the lyrics of, of this song? I thought it was one of the more interesting songs, lyrically. Um, her hoeing days are behind her. Her hoe phase is over. <laughs> um, nah, yeah, it's, she's off the sin wagon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's meant to be from the perspective of a probably a male person, um, even though... Yeah, there's a couple songs in this that... Yeah. Um, refer to a love interest as being a woman and they yeah. don't like address that at all which right. i think is interesting it's great and i think there's a there's like a, a long history of that um i think yeah. i think i posted it to the discord at some point but i found some tweet at one point that was just like talking about how yeah when you're singing traditional music like you just sing the words you don't change any of the pronouns or anything it's just you're singing this old song and you're gay for the next three minutes or whatever um, there's like a long history of just like yeah, yeah I'm just singing this love song and it happens to be like towards this person and I'm not going to change it yeah every, everyone did that um, Doc Boggs did that Ola Bella Reed did that um, yeah it was just sort of like expected that like yeah you have like enough empathy and security as like a songwriter and storyteller to sing from the perspective of other genders um, yeah and I think it is, you know, it is usually assumed that you're not singing as a gay person uh, or that the, the yeah. character isn't gay. It's usually assumed that. But like there is something there is a a, co- a queer element that was, well, a thing that it wasn't queer at the time, but now feels queer. Right. In our like more conservative culture. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I it's it's interesting um, because. They're, yeah, the lyrics are like a bit all over the place. So, so I appreciate it at some points and like other points I'm like, eh, because it really starts off with like some of the some like pandering imagery and stuff. And then it's just like, yeah, and I'm out of there. So it's it's kind of like this ironic tweak yeah. on daddy sits on a front porch swinging, looking out on a vacant field. It used to be filled with burly tobacco. Now he knows it never will. Oh, I guess. Huh. Now that I'm reading it. Um. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of about how you can't be a farmer anymore because <laughs> huge agribusiness has uh, taken over everything. Yeah, I think. my brother's found work in Indiana. My sister's a nurse at the old folks' home. Mama's still cooking too much for supper, and me, I've been a long time gone. Um. Yeah, I think there's like a little bit of of density here. Yeah, of of like cultural and. Not- like ideas yeah i think more than i was giving it credit for yeah yeah um, like when she says no i ain't hoed a row since i don't know when i don't think she's just talking about because she escaped i think she's mm. also talking about like that time is gone yeah for all right. of us mm-hmm. and um it gets pretty cringy with like the the time is past type stuff in verse three now me and delilah singing every sunday watching the children in the garden grow we listen to the radio to hear what's cooking but the music ain't got no soul now they sound tired but they don't sound haggard they've got money but they don't have cash they got junior but they don't have hank i think i think i think (laughs) so pretty Uh, pretty ah yes true country music only dudes um allowed <laughs> right <laughs> sorry dolly go fuck yourself yep and uh dale evans like get out of here 
Um, okay, I I took a sound sample that says instrumental hook and outro. I don't remember what I have to say about this, but let's listen to it. That's pretty rhythmically sophisticated. I was a little surprised to hear that. Uh, Nat is eating a moose cup Oops. <laughs> at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> and wants me to fill space. <laughs> I was filling While the space of my mouth little snack. moose. You were supposed to fill the space of the podcast. I'm going to turn up your mic <laughs> during that I section. I had my mute switch on. So there. Oh. Yes. Okay. Oh, man, I need to get a mute switch. Yeah. Um, it's just a softer mute switch for me, but uh, it definitely comes in handy when there's uh, moose-related hijinks to get up to. <laughs> uh, one thing that I want to mention about this album is that um, there are very few original songs on this, or songs that are written by the band members. Hmm. And it happens like later on in the album. There's a lot of covers we're about to maybe listen to. Oh, did, a little did bit it of a cover, right? Landslide. <laughs> no, I do, I do not believe that they did. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, actually, do you want to get to that one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it. But. Brought me down. The original's way better. The this cover does not well, yeah. really do much for me. It sounds like they slowed the tempo down for Landslide, which I think is a colossal mistake. Um, the other colossal mistake that I don't like, that a lot of covers, I think, tend to make, is that they sing so reverently. Because they love the song, and they're like, yes, I'm singing this song, it's so great, it's a classic, and right. I'm just gonna like, I'm so like reverent about this. Um, wild which i think totally misses out on the the like more performative aspects or what made the song great is often the emotion that is being like imparted by the singer themselves um for instance in landslide the original like stevie nicks is feeling like wistful and rootless and like kind of depressed and like unsure about what's coming next and like is starting to feel like it's a pretty amazing performance yeah it's so good um, similarly, I, th- I think I've probably mentioned this probably multiple times on this podcast, but the David Bowie song, Heroes, that song rules because David Bowie is losing his fucking mind. He is completely unhinged by the end of it. And it is very clear that, like, this person is, like, screaming, trying to convince themselves of the same thing that they're trying to convince the, like, second person of. And all of the covers miss out on that whole thing. They're just like, yeah. I'm taking this at face value. We can be heroes. We can be lovers forever and ever. And that's totally face value. And there's no complexity to it. And isn't that sweet? Um, yeah. So this this is just like, it, it, it does not capture the spirit of the original for me at all. Because it's the emotion that is being like imparted or 
performed or portrayed is just like i don't know i don't want to keep using the word reverence but it's like uh pretty flat and just like yeah i don't know yeah i think there's (laughs) i wonder if a lot of uh fleetwood mac songs are like that where it's like the thing that is special about those songs is ultimately the performance. Mm -hmm. And from what I understand the like interiority of those musicians, when they record it, it seems Mm -hmm. like they were like pretty, like they were fucking messy. Yeah. Uh, Like, (laughs) and like it, (laughs) it like comes through, maybe that's just part of the mythology of the band or whatever, but like, you know, the performances, uh, they they sound like people who are like like that. Like Stevie Nicks is singing on this, is like kind of nasty. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a really interesting point. Yeah, because um, this is a very pretty performance. Yes. of this song, and it's it shouldn't be a song that like where the singing is pretty. I don't think. Yeah, especially because the the chord progression is this it's it's all it's kind of boring. Yeah. Like it's almost like Pachelbel's canonish. Right. Like in its like very simple diatonic voice leading. Um and I think that uh you have to have a little bit of edge in order to like make the song work. You got to call up you too and be like send over your top guitar man. And he'll just make a bunch of wee-wah effects with his, like, infinite sustainer thing and whatnot. Uh, they released a music video for this. Oh. Did you know that? I did not know that. It's, um... It's very, uh, green. There's, like, a lot of green screen cool. in it. In a way that reminds me a lot of early 2000s. Uh, music videos uh, uh, specifically it reminded me of that song that's like come my lady come come my lady O-Town something something yeah O-Town yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh boy uh, oh, no. for all of our Gen Z listeners I will include <laughs> oh no it's Crazy Town oh Crazy right, Town right. Butterfly Crazy. I always mix those up yeah O-Town both towns yeah the town with Ben Affleck mm-hmm yeah this kind of also reminds me of like creed album covers like this backdrop of like the (laughs) stock like clip art desert with like the dead trees and stuff that are just like copy and paste clip art desert (laughs) oh my god and her hair and makeup is so bonkers ah this is crazy cameron i cannot believe that people actually like did this for real it's we we live in a society (laughs) oh no Oh no! Did you see the upside down waterfall? <laughs> oh boy, this is pretty rough. All right, well, <clears throat> all right. Let's move on. We've let's made it through two on. tracks. Let's go to Traveling Soldier, and this this is the song. This is the one they were introducing, uh, where they made their comments and they got. Would you mind if I sent one back here to you? I cried, never gonna hold the hand of another guy. Too young for him, they told her, waiting for the love of a traveling... So this is as close as the chicks get to being jingoistic, I think. 
Um, mm. And I think it's a prime example of what you were talking about, which is that like, um, you're, you, you dabbler, you, um, how a lot of like <laughs> traditional music is more progressive than a lot of the shit that's like pop music these days, or even, you know, 20 years ago. Um, because this is a song about a soldier that has no awareness that war fucking sucks, except that like, yeah, this kid dies. Um, so it's this, it's a very long story song. Um, there's this guy wearing his army greens. He sat down in a booth in a cafe there, gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy. So she gave him a smile and he said, would you mind sitting down for a while and talking to me? I'm feeling a little low. She said, I'm off in an hour and I know where we can go. Great way to put yourself in tremendous amounts of danger, girl, by the way. Um, so I hope you were had your concealed carry that day. Um, <laughs> verse three. So they went down and they sat on the pier. He said, I bet you got a boyfriend, but I don't care. I got no one to send a letter to. Would you mind if I uh, sent a one back here to you? Um, and then the chorus is, I cried, never going to hold the hand of another guy. Uh, uh, too young for him, they told her, waiting for the love of a traveling soldier. Our love will never end, waiting for the soldier to come back again. Never more to be alone when the letter said a soldier's coming home. So predictable. Yeah, this is clearly just like contributing to the romanticization uh-huh. of like, um, it's like, and, and also it's like, this is like part of the promise of patriarchy. It's like, yeah. Um, what better fantasy than like having a woman who will never love another man, but you ultimately don't have to coexist with her because you died. You don't have to put up with her. <laughs> you know, women can't live with them, can't die at a, in a awful imperialist ag- act of aggression where millions of civilians died. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, I want to talk about, I want to talk about, um, they pronounce it Nam. To, uh, to rhyme with army of course camp. they do uh, and then the I other thing I want to talk is, about oops. Anna and Elizabeth can, can I mention one little thing of trivia yeah please the The song is set in Vietnam in Vietnam times um, but it was written around the time of the first Gulf War uh, the first time the United States uh, sent right. a bunch of troops over there um, so they released it in this album right before the uh, start of the second one so yeah right it was written by uh bruce robison mm-hmm. who's working as a fry cook at an austin diner uh and uh iraq evaded kuwait while he was there and uh Rob- uh robison a lot of americans had one of his <laughs> Yeah. Or get maimed or <laughs> have one of his buddies at the diner another fry cook was being called up to active duty um yeah and then he thought about dying in war <laughs> here's the quote then he started writing about something even more un- unbearable wow. dying young while dying young while being in love wow that's even more unbearable how about uh getting drone bombed at your own wedding Is, oh, how, oh what does God. how wh- where does that rank on the um scale of unbearable yeah. do you think huh um sorry i was being interrupty i think it's a a mix between like uh the internet lag and uh also the amount of wine that i've had uh Uh, i wanted to talk about the uh folk music duo anna and elizabeth anna ampersand 
Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, especially their album, The Invisible Comes to Us, hmm. um, which has this like recurring theme of uh, like uh, non-romanticized uh, warfare and like the plight of soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to read uh, a whole a whole song. <laughs> Lyrics. Like Go this is it, one yeah. of the songs that they chose. This is a traditional song. I think it's one of the child ballads, maybe, or it's maybe just an Irish folk song. I don't know. Mm. Um, it's called like Irish Perry, anyway. uh, Irish Patriot, and uh, here it goes. I stood beneath the lofty palms on India's burning shore, a listening to the tiger's howl and a savage lion's roar. As I stood gazing on a scene was lonely, bleak, and drear, slowly advancing from the wood an old man did appear. From whence came you, the old man said, in a voice both meek and low. I'm from the good old native isle where the Lee and Shannon flow. You're welcome to our sunny, uh, you're welcome to our sunny isle, the old man did reply, as tears rolled down his hollow cheeks and bitterly did cry. That's the song. Oh wow! Whoa! Yeah. That is very. Uh, what's the word? Um, not. Um, uh, not like wrapped up or not resolved. It's very unresolved. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. There's some other songs that are a little more explicit, like in their first, the first track, Gino, um, where um, uh, the like woman of a uh, the the female partner of a male soldier um is like um resentful of this the system of male expendability because it is directly affecting her and the and the love and her plans um and she says um oh if i were queen of france or still better pope of rome i'd have no fighting men abroad nor weeping maids at home all the world should be at peace and the right should be the might. I'd have those that made the quarreling the only ones to fight. Anyway, wow. all that is to say, go if you if you want anti-jingoistic songs, go listen to Anna and Elizabeth and their album The Invisible Comes to Us. It's a very good album. The one that I I was thinking of was and the band played Waltzing Matilda. Um Yeah. Do you know that one? Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. the The version I know is maybe the most famous um, for non like folk music and dabblers. I almost said enthusiasts. Sorry, dabblers. Um, is the one by the Pogues. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is a great song, um, full of imagery about uh, how fucked up war is, especially the Battle of Gallipoli. Yeah. Hmm. Um. I looked at the place where me legs used to be and thank Christ there was nobody waiting for me to grieve and to mourn and to pity. And the band played Waltzing Matilda and they carried us down the gangway. Oh my God. And nobody cheered. They just sit and stared and they turned their faces away. Yeah. Oh God. And anti-romance. Yeah. Oh God. And this last, this last verse. And now every April I sit on my porch and I watch the parade pass before me. I see my old comrades, how proudly they march Reliving their dreams of past glory, I see the old men all twisted and torn, the forgotten heroes of a forgotten war. And the young people ask me, what are they marching for? And I ask myself the same question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very, I mean, it's very, uh, it doesn't mince words, um, but I think it's artfully uh, emphatic and forceful. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, not, not, not a great song, I don't think, this, um, 
this one, the traveling soldier. Uh, he dies no. in Vietnam. Um, and because that's always the only tragedy that Americans ever want to think or talk about, not the millions of civilians right. that were, you know, massacred uh, by the U.S. Yeah, um, or the pointlessness of the death. Yes. Well, Cameron, it wasn't pointless. We had to be the biggest state sponsor of fascism all over the world since the end of World War II. That, and that was a very important yeah. goal for us. Um, yeah. And we, we were very good at it. So I, I, I think, I mean, you know, it kind of balances out. Everyone should go listen to, I think I've already mentioned this on the show, but go listen to the Behind the Bastards on Kissinger and yeah. uh, specifically the episodes about when he was the number two to... Uh, to Nixon and the reason that the war uh, lasted as long as it did. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's not a great reason. Nope. It involves <laughs> it's, a little it's pretty dark light treason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. So do you want to get into truth? Number two. Um, or do you want to the only thing I wrote about that song was what the fuck is this song about? <laughs> okay. Well, uh, uh, I don't know if you have anything to say about uh, it. I don't have anything to say about it. I don't it. know I if like, I can answer that question. This? Um, we should say that it's from apparently um, Patty Griffin, who is a songwriter on the last album. Appa- yeah. Apparently, she had this unreleased album of songs, uh, uh-huh. and they just sort of like used, they just like covered a bunch of those songs from this unreleased album, like uh, sort of cannibalized this album. That's funny. For the last album and this one. Huh. Yeah, so. I have no idea what this uh, song is supposed to be. Anyway, um, let's do a different one. Let, oh, let's do okay. White Trash Wedding. White Trash Wedding. You finally took my hand. You finally took my hand. I took a nip of gin, but you finally took my hand. You can't afford no ring. You can't afford no ring. I should be wearing white, and you can't afford no ring. Mando Solo. Yeah, this is... Um, <laughs> I was listening to the album without looking at it or paying attention to like the song titles or whatnot. And I was like, well, obviously, this is the best album or the best song on the album. This is great. Uh, and then I was going back to get the sound samples and I was like, oh, no, it's called White Trash Wedding. Uh-oh. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, it's, yeah. it's collectively attributed to the chicks for the songwriters. Um, and it is very much in like uh, a traditional music form of fairly simple like repeated lyrics um i i would say that this falls under the category of what old-time musicians sometimes refer to as to a tune with words ah okay <laughs> as opposed to a song or an instrumental tune this is a tune with words and how are those different from each other you dabbler you uh i think i think the idea is like um is the melody that is sung and a sort of more of an accompaniment to the instrumental i think it's kind of about proportions often Uh it's like how much singing is there per uh instrumental versions of the form um, and I think this is pretty much like half and half. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, like, it's just clearly like a bluegrass. It, like, it's a vehicle for 
bluegrass soloing and virtuosity right. and uh so i mean it's not that much of a tune but it's definitely like it's not a very distinct melody but it's it's meant for instrumental playing um and often also the lyrics are like in a tune with words are the lyrics can be un- kind of disconnected right these are all connected but it's not telling necessarily like a a story that has a beginning and a story and an end right um it's it's all like the same situation they are connected yeah you can't afford no ring you can't afford no ring i shouldn't be wearing white and you can't afford no ring uh let's see you finally took my hand you finally took my hand it took a nip of gin but you finally took my hand that's a fun little thing um and then i mean here's all the rest of the um unique lines Mama don't approve. Daddy says he's the best in town, and Mama don't approve. And then baby, that's kind of a weird lyric. <laughs> it is weird. I couldn't quite figure out what was going on there. Um, baby's on its way, so say I do and kiss me quick because baby's on its way. And then it ends with I shouldn't be wearing white, and you can't afford no ring. So yeah, lots of repeated lines. Um, but it is the first time in quite some time that we really, really get to see their um, virtuosity on their instruments uh, highlighted, which yes. is so good. Uh, looks like you have several yeah. sound samples of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a B part um, that doesn't happen until way later. Mm. Um, that's kind of fun mm-hmm. because it's just like one of these like one-part tunes and then, then it's not. Like, I don't know, a minute and a half into the track. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's other chords. <laughs> Oh, and I, I took um, a, a sample of actually the part directly after that because there's this really cool acoustic guitar ah. flat picked cool little part okay. for that verse. Baby's on its way. Baby's on its way. Sad do and kiss me quick. Baby's on its way. That's a very like uh, <laughs> like metal. Like like Ingvi mom scene or something like, like yeah it's almost like almost sounds like they're double tapping yeah yeah uh, those those vocals are great too yeah great great song like yeah uh, uh, I th- I took a, a sample of the intro as well yes you did so let's listen to that you can't afford no you can't afford no ring. I shouldn't be wearing white, and you can't afford no ring. They sound like the sirens from a brother where art thou, and then they get uh, off, they start kicking up their heels. I think I think okay. So this is a very I think intentionally insensitive title. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. I think that they earn this title with this intro and because I think the that this is sort of like a song about like you know like respectability politics mm-hmm. 
yeah. implicitly. And I like that Pretty it's like, explicitly. you can't afford no ring. I shouldn't be wearing white and you can't afford no ring. It's just such a great intro to like, I don't know. Um, I recently saw this like uh, TikTok video of um, uh, that my, my uh, TikTok friend uh, uh, Clover Lynn um, shared. It was it was basically a an Appalachian like proposal, mm-hmm. and apparently like a lot of people were kind of busting on this proposal on TikTok because it it wasn't meeting the standards of a proposal uh, that like people had um, like like it wasn't and they were like making fun of these people for being enough. like poor or being shabby enough. or whatever yeah. Yeah, and um, my friend Clover um, was just like, w- "Why, why do you only like um, celebrate like you know these like staged fake <laughs> proposals mm-hmm. that, that like are super expensive? Like, why can't you just celebrate with these people who want to get married? You know?" And um, I don't know. I think that there's maybe some value in this song. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like. This song is so virtuosic and so like um, pa- musically powerful and sophisticated that it feels like it's just like uh, I don't know. Um, it, it 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 gives like dignity to this story mm-hmm. because it is so musically powerful. Yeah. So. I think you're right. Like I, I had a pretty visceral reaction on seeing the title, um, but I think you're right that they, uh, at least for me, earn it. Um, because, yeah, like you said, it's so much about like not being able to live up to these like respectability politics, and um, yeah, I think I think the thing that like bothers me the most, which is something we like talked about or alluded to quite a bit tonight, uh, is. Um, like when people are just dismissive of rural people or yeah, just use white trash as just like a, um, a way to like write off people who have just as much like complexity and interiority and psychology as anyone else. Um, yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes have a lot more like lived experience that can inform, uh, their lives. So I don't know. Um, you're right. Good point. Um, Let's see. Uh, we got a ways to go. You want to talk about a home? Sure. Okay. A home. A home. A home. I was just young. I was scared. I was wrong. Not a night goes by. I don't dream of one. I like the melody on this one. Yeah, it's kind of musically musically interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's speak the, on that. Uh, ooh, uh, um, uh, yeah, let me tell you all about the music theory and like the chord progressions <laughs> and uh, there's sort of a deceptive cadence. <laughs> no, there isn't. Um, I don't really remember what that means, but I remember you using or that, is there that phrase? Oh boy, it's a double deceptive cadence. Uh, it's a rare rare example of a DDC. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, there, there's, 
I like some of the imagery in these lyrics. Um, they're very, they're very like poignant, but I think it earns most of that poignancy. I mistook the warnings for wisdom from so-called friends quick to advise, though your touch was telling me otherwise. I like that really short like last line. I somehow I saw you as a weakness. I thought I had to be strong, but oh, but I was just young. I was scared. I was wrong. Not a night goes by. I don't dream of wandering through the home that might have been. I listened to my pride when my heart cried out for you. Now every day I wake again in a house that might have been a home. And oh. I'm not crazy about like a house that might have been a home. I feel like that, you, you know, I don't know. They're trying to like play off the cliche, but I don't know. It's, it's not really playing off the cliche. It's mostly just reusing the cliche. Um, right. I'm only inter- I'm only interested in that distinction in like the uh, I don't know change of like instead of saying homeless people saying unhoused people right um, <laughs> but like other than that I don't want to hear about it in a song. Mm-hmm. Um, they also later use the cliche. They say home is where the heart is. If the exception proves the rule, I guess that's true. So, um, all right, yeah, whatever. Um, but I think this is like a much better version of the like pining away, regretting lost relationship song, which they've done quite a few of in the past couple albums. And um, I think it's a much more like poignant and effective version of that. Um, and I think it like, is interesting that it starts with saying like, all my friends thought you were shitty and <laughs> yeah. all my friends were wrong and you were the one I should, should have stayed with. Yeah. <laughs> Not only were all my friends wrong, but I was wrong too. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's like what's go, <laughs> what's going on in this song? Yeah, uh, I don't know who to believe. Um, it's written by Randy and Maya Sharp. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm never it, met him. Anytime I hear like a song that's written at all by a man that's about a woman like regretting, like jilting him in some way, mm-hmm. I'm just like. I don't know about this. <laughs> like, I, this seems suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's from the perspective this of a seems... man, or sorry, uh, to of a woman to a man about like jilting him? Is that sorry? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, like it's like an ABBA song, huh? Well, it's it's written at least in part by Randy Sharp. Yeah, and it's about a woman who uh, chose to not stay with a man. Uh, because all of her friends advised her against it, and now she regrets it. What, what makes you think it's a woman? Just because it's a um, woman singing it, Cameron? It's yeah, I, I mean, I guess, I guess. Um, okay, let me see if it actually says this. I don't think it does. For some reason, I thought it was mm. a man. You thought it was them singing from the perspective of a man. That's what I was... I don't... There's really nothing in the text that can support, I think, either way, honestly. Um, yeah. Okay. It doesn't say gender at any point in here. Um, yeah. I guess maybe yeah, somehow I, I saw I saw use a weakness. I thought I had to be strong. I mean, there's like the, you know, the gendered, like, socialization of like you know men always feel they have to be strong there's like that dynamic so maybe that's part of what maybe. you think of it um yeah I don't yeah know. interesting okay yeah i guess i was just making an assumption that we were supposed to listen to this song and and sort of like assume that they were women right that the speaker is a woman 
Yeah. That's certainly how all the genius annotators are <laughs> interpreting this song. Oh, really? And they're never wrong. <laughs> ah, that's right. <laughs> Let's pyong them all while we're at it. <laughs> Let's pyong, pyong them all. <laughs> Let God sort the pyong. Um, <laughs> well, that's a pretty good episode title. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I, I like. I, I do like the imagery of like. Uh, I don't. Uh, not a night goes by. I don't dream of wandering through the home that might have been. Like that. That to me is like pretty effective. Um, as like an image. Yeah. Um, as an example of like this is the way in which I am like regretful and pining away. Like I am dreaming constantly of like this dream dream house that I bit, could have been envisioning. You know. That seems femme to me. Like thinking about like a house. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Not to be like reductive, but it just it feels well. I don't. I don't know. There's so many I mean, layers it's, going it's on here. Domestic, in that sense, and that is traditionally the realm of the female. Um, it seems like a song that a man would sing from the perspective of a woman, or would write from the perspective of a woman. You think so? Okay. I don't know. All right. Uh, but there is also I'm, Maya Sharp like you said like so. the text is just like it leaves a lot to be I don't know yeah. we don't know we don't know we don't even know you know alright uh, I am losing steam I am okay, tired great. tonight um, um, how about do you want to do well when it comes to love do you want more love or do you believe in love <laughs> uh, do you believe in life after love that's the question Marty Stewart. Let's get to some Marty Stewart. Uh, let's do I Believe in Love. Okay. I believe in a big cold love. Just the turn of my heart. There's a chance we can make it now. Yes. I believe in a big cold love. I believe in a big cold love. I believe in a big cold love. I had to do it. I I couldn't not so good. do it. <laughs> that song's so strange because it's like no one really remembers that song, but it's in every karaoke book that I've ever. That <laughs> I was just like I fucking loved this song. I'm gonna sing it. No one's gonna recognize it. No one this recognizes is pandering it? to no one but me. Oh what? I, I don't think anyone knows about that song. I know about that song. I thought that song was like everywhere well, for like you know one year back in 2003 or whatever. I mean that exactly. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I mean, I don't think that song has stood the test of time, but for some reason, it stood the test of karaoke books. It's one of those songs where if you can sing it at karaoke, it fucking brings the house down, and it's obviously like you know. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, not show offy, but like a showcase for someone's singing ability for sure. Um, uh, so, I don't think yeah. I could sing that song anymore. I sang it last year, and I think I, I got all the notes, but I don't know if I can do it anymore. Wow, one year made that much difference? <sighs> yeah, I think my falsetto has, like, changed a lot. Wow. Like, it, also, I can sing way lower. Mm, okay. I think my voice, I think my, I've been changing. 
I'm getting older too. Yeah, that line about what's the actual song? I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around you, and the you in this case is the band The Darkness, <laughs> and how much you built your life around them and being able to sing their That's song. That's my karaoke. one karaoke song. I tried to sing a Queen song once, and I totally fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which Queen song did you try to sing? Well, I tried to sing um, "Don't Stop Me Now," and the oh. problem with that song is that all of the like memorable like singable parts is the rest of the band and like in the karaoke books you're just supposed to do all of the crazy riffing that freddie mercury is doing it's like i don't remember how any of this goes yeah (laughs) okay um oh right we should actually play the real song again This is like a wor- like lyrically at least. This is like a worse version of that song we just listened to uh, at home. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, I made a promise to myself, locked it away deep down inside. Told my heart we'd wait it out. Swore we'd never compromise. Oh, I'd rather be alone like I am tonight than settle for the kind of love that fades before the morning light. It's another regret song about lost love or whatever. And then the chorus yeah. is really not great. I believe in love. I believe in love. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. Oh, sorry, no. Um, uh, I believe in love. A love that's real. Love that's strong. Love that lives on and on. Yes, I believe in love. And that, to me, has also a little bit of stink of religion to it, which is not my favorite thing either. Ew. A stinky. A stinky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the best at this. And, uh, um, I saw Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives. Uh, <laughs> That's the name of his band. That's funny. I like that. Uh, he's Marty kind Stewart? of he's kind of like a dandy. He like always wears like a scarf on stage. Who's Marty Stewart? He's like a, a famous like country bluegrass musician. Oh yeah, he does always yeah. wear a scarf. Look at that. Yeah, he's got, like, he an played at um, God. What's it called? It was. It's this like. Ossip, the Ossipee Valley Music Festival. It's like this, like folk, f- kind of like poppy folk music festival, like a get get drunk on the lawn music festival. Mm-hmm. I went there, and I think 2014, and he was playing there. Um. Anyway, uh, this is a pretty this is a pretty song, but I think the lyrics are pretty mm-hmm. <laughs> uninspired. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I like that chorus. Uh, musically? Like the, the chord progression and the yeah. background vocals. Yeah. I don't, don't think there's a lot to recommend it uh, lyrically, but musically it's it's good. It's fine. Oh, we got to wrap up. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, can we, uh, should we talk about Torture Tangled Hearts and then and then call it? Uh, yeah, maybe we can slip in a little Jack Slade also. Okay, great. Yeah. So this is Tortured Tangled Hearts. Oh! 
this is what I wanted to fucking talk about. Yeah. Is this lyric about a woman ripping a tattoo <laughs> off of someone's chest? It seems to be. Well, there is that's a, crazy it's <laughs> bananas. Uh, well, there is. I've a never little, heard that before. <laughs> there was a little falter at the altar of confession. Down on his knees, true love did fall. After thirty-one days of sleepless nights, she woke up to end it all with "I love you" on a fresh tattoo engraved upon his chest. She tore her name right off his heart. So here's to the unblessed. That's the craziest, like, sort of, like, wish fulfillment that I've ever heard. That's so specific. It's so gory and violent. I mean, Kitty's got claws. Uh, (laughs) Can you um, imagine ripping someone's tattoo off? I actually... And then wanting to write a bluegrass song about that? Uh, Well, not wanting to write a bluegrass. I mean, someone I I saw recently on uh, somewhere was talking about... um, There's a company here in Portland that makes like hand makes uh metal claws and sells them at shebop the shop which is uh, a great sex toy shop here in portland that has all kinds of fun stuff. i don't remember seeing metal claws last time i was there they, they are almost never in stock and they sell out like really quick and they don't make a lot of them but they are like they like fit over i mean they're kind of like finger picks for a guitar but they're like <laughs> very like Metal claws that are maybe like for destroying the bodies of your lovers. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're intended to be like you know, fairly softly, like kind of stroke down someone's back or something. I, I mean, I think that's sort of what they're intended for. But that's kind of what I'm envisioning. Like she just grabs like a set of these and just like, just like rips that tat, just like tears his skin right off. Jesus, (laughs) she flays his heart. Ah. Yeah, God. Um, so that's that is that that part of the song rules. Uh, a lot of the rest of it is like I don't know. Too, and Nat liked that. I mean, it's at least a vivid and specific and arresting image and highly unprecedented. You're right. it's, it's like not a cliche. It's highly unprecedented. It's the most like, interesting thing on this album. Yes. Absolutely. I've question. never heard anyone saying that someone tore a tattoo off someone's chest before. Um, it is. Way more interesting than the statement, I believe in love. Yeah. And that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, I I don't really like this style of songwriting that, like, zooms out really wide to abstract stuff in the chorus. Um, so it starts right. off with this, like, very specific thing of a lady going fucking bug nuts on some dude's uh, left tit. <laughs> And uh, then the chorus goes, Oh, love, oh, love, you fickle thing. Such pretty words and golden rings. It was a broken dream right from the start. Bless their tortured, tangled hearts. As if, like, we just zoomed yeah. out and, like, now God is like, Oh, love is a fickle thing. Like, it's, it's like, God-like perspective. I don't know. It's not my favorite. Yeah, I, I think it's really hard to pull that off. And most of the songs that pull that off have been... Um, are like traditional canonized songs. Right. Like, um, I don't know. Ola Bell Reed does that shit all the time, but she fucking nails it every time. Mm-hmm. It's cause she's Ola Bell Reed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's really hard to earn just like a zoom out statement. Uh, yeah. And, uh, this is not an example of that. Marty Stewart again. <laughs> yeah. It's another Marty Stewart. Yeah. And then there's some pretty clumsy writing in verse two. There's like, it's describing the wedding. There's some like nice uh, specifics here and there. 
I guess the verse starts off, well, a blast of confusion coupled with delusion. Like, all right, Alanis, in, you, in your multisyllabic <laughs> abstract concept words. It doesn't count as a rhyme. <laughs> if it's, if it's like, if, it, if it's words with the same, like, suffix. Right, exactly. Um, it's not a rhyme. Yeah, so there's some, like, you know, at least there's some specifics here. They whined and they dined, had peace of mind. She bought a gown and he rented tails. That's a fun little, like, contrast. Uh, but then the line is, but the mighty cloud of destiny came drifting through the gates and busted up what could have been a perfect hopeless case. Excuse me, what the fuck? What? Yeah. What? It sounds like they had, like, a shitty relationship. Like, uh, it is, you, if you're going to, like, invoke destiny... Like, not destiny. Don't do it for these two assholes. The mighty cloud of destiny. Not it's destiny. A cl- it is the a cloud. Mighty cloud. A mighty cloud. Everyone knows destiny is not solid or liquid. Right. It is a gas. And uh, our cloud is a mighty the gaseous cloud. cloud of destiny. How yeah. much? How much better would the would the lyric be if it was the the gaseous cloud of destiny? <laughs> much better. Oh man. Yeah, so pretty mixed bag this song, but at least we got the primo body horror of someone just ripping someone's tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Real grindcore thing. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's listen to Lil Jack Slade. Lil Jack Slade. like that um yeah it's uh it's totally instrumental original instrumental um but in a very like bluegrass style idiom um some yeah pretty pretty great uh mandolin playing um i wonder if that's terry hendrix on the mandolin it's credited to four people uh marty mcguire natalie or emily strayer sorry terry hendrix and lloyd mains um and terry hendrix it's it's funny how the writing credits work in these instrumental tunes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it. It feels obtuse. It's like, did you really all write the form of this tune, right. or like because you know, like yeah. does ASCAP sort of say like, you know, technically, like I can't tell what's the solo and what's the and what the original tune is, you know, and you all are equal writers. I guess there's kind of like an argument for that, but it's yeah, I don't know. It's kind of. It's it's weird to me. It's weird. It feels scammy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it probably helped um distribute the royalties around. Um True. I don't know. I, I appreciate that kind of thing. Um I, I I always like it when like artists assign the the writing credit to like just someone completely outside the writing process for like um Sure. For, you know to like support them or whatever i think didn't bob marley do that with like one of his popular songs he like gave the writing yeah. credit to like just someone for the sake of equity yeah like yeah exactly that's what, that's yeah. what i was looking for yeah um so yeah that uh one of the 
credit to people is Terry Hendricks, who is apparently plays mandolin, including and also guitar and harmonica, and uh, seems pretty cool. And has holy shit, a lot of albums. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that's it. I can't think of anything more to say, and I'm extremely tired. Uh, no, let's let's be done. Let's be done. Um, next week we'll be talking about taking the long way, which is the Dixie Chicks's. Uh, I guess at this time, Dixie Chicks, uh, response to cancel culture, canceling them uh, for bad oh. reasons. Um, at least one. And the, hopefully we'll have a special guest if all goes according to yes. plan. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so teaser. Um, yeah. So until next week, uh, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Um, you can support the show in a couple different ways. You can rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Um, and if you want to support us very directly, go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, including a weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly. Um, this week, we talked about, Cameron talked about two things, and I talked about one things. Cameron, what did you talk about? Uh, I talked about the film The Hobbit, colon, An Unexpected Journey. And? Do you remember what you talked about? I remember what I talked about. I don't remember the second thing you, you... talked about. Oh, right, right, right. I talked oh, about the, the book We Are Okay very yes. briefly. And yep. you talked about the film Francis Ha. Francis Ha Ha. Hee hee. Ha. Ha. Mm. Ah. Uh, the way that the title comes around is pretty cute in that movie, too. I didn't mention it, but. Mm. it's not until you didn't mention that I think it's the very last shot anyway um, uh, you should also join our discord the link will be in the show notes it's pretty low traffic it's very high quality Um, and if you want to you can join us most of the time for live recordings and see our faces talking these words directly into your ear holes Um, the other thing you should do is listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up In The Cool. They mentioned it a while back. Um, and they were, I believe they were bragging about the cool people they get on there. Um, yeah. yeah, Cameron's a, a bit of a, a bit of a dabbler in uh, traditional music. And they kind of make a show about like this little hobby side project <laughs> show about it. Uh, yeah, so yeah. go check that out. It's called Get Up In The Cool. <laughs> uh, as uh, Buck Dewey says, um, I'm a tastemaker. I'll always be making tastes forever. <laughs> and that's Do what we, Get Up in the Cool is about. I'm halved. All right. Until next week, I've been Nat Hunt, and I've got some wine. Whoops. Hey. Fuck. Sorry, sorry. No, no. And I'm not <laughs> leaving rude. space for Cameron. <laughs> I'm taking up all the space. No, it's too late now. It's uh, too late now. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Didn't mean to stop great bit plant. But if there's no bits to be stomped on... God, such a good callback when now it's ruined. <laughs> Someday I'm going to get my own soundboard <laughs> and then we'll truly run this show into the ground. Monkey see, monkey do, yeah. I'll be right with you.